Welcome, everybody, to the second edition this week of the Off the Tracks podcast brought to you by Boiler Upload. I am your host, Travis Miller, the uh, publisher of Boiler Upload. And with me tonight is Jace Jellison. How are you doing, doing Jace? Well, as always, Travis. Excellent. And also with us tonight, Corey Sheets from uh, Tampa. You're still living in Tampa, aren't you, Corey? Uh, yes, I am, Travis. How you doing? <laughs> I am good. I am good. How about yourself? I'm all right today. Awesome. Well, if you get up here for a game this year, you have to be sure to take Reindeer Shuttle from the Indianapolis or Chicago O'Hare Airport. They will give you a ride to and from the airport to West Lafayette because driving to the airport sucks. And as always, they are our official sponsor, and we appreciate them for helping make this podcast possible. I'm I'm uh, actually coming out to uh, the Ohio State game. All right, that's good. They're gonna have you lead shout. I, I, don't, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had Mike Allstott do it this past. No, they didn't have Allstott do it. They had uh, David Bell do it this past. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So, but they had Mike Allstott as the honorary captain. So I think they need to get you in on that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna talk to him about this. See, so I can get a little more uh, access. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's good. It's always good to have the former players uh, back on campus and involved in the program. So, uh, so speaking of the program, first road game of the season this week at Virginia Tech. And uh, just kind of what are you hearing in advance of things, Jace, as the uh, team prepares to head out to Blacksburg? Yeah, I think Kevin Kane today um, kind of summarized the feeling of the group. He said that they're angry. As Corey's dog barks in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I can take care. Um, He just talked about how they were angry and hungry, specifically the defensive unit, obviously, after giving up 39 points. That's something that Kevin Kane and Ryan Walters aren't. They're not used to. Um, So they're going to want to turn that around. So, I mean, this team um, had a lot of hype coming into that season opener and and obviously couldn't get the job done, but they're going to come out come in and come to Blacksburg and um, hopefully get a win for themselves. Right. And uh, Virginia Tech, I think it, it's so weird to see this because, yes, it's a home and home, but it's not a home and home that has been really close together like Syracuse here in back-to-back years. Purdue hasn't played Virginia Tech since 2015. I mean, some of these kids were, some of these players were in elementary school when that last game happened. Both teams have changed coaches twice. And so it's just going to be, it's a weird kind of one off now, it feels like. And, uh, you know, Purdue's got to definitely shape up some things on the off, on the defense. What are you seeing and hearing about the offense, though, especially, uh, Hudson Card going into his second start mm-hmm. for Purdue. When we talked to Graham the other day, he was, he I think he was content with how they played for the most part. Um, I mean, you put up twenty eight points. You could argue that that's obviously it wasn't good enough to get the to get the win, but um, they did fairly well. I thought um, obviously third downs and short yardage situations are going to be uh, the big story, and they turned that around, um, and that's something that they've they've been working on here at practice over the last week. Um, and then Hudson, um, he did some good things. I think we talked about it a little bit um, on Monday's podcast. He did some good things, but he just left a little bit to be desired. And I think 
as he continues to grow and, and keep getting reps in this offense, I think he'll only continue to get better. Mm-hmm. I agree. Kind of what are your thoughts here, Corey, as we as we get ready for this first road game? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm looking, just looking for the team to go out there and play like they did play. And I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just go out there and play. I'm looking for us to run the ball well. Looking for us to throw the ball well. I'm looking for the defense to actually stop somebody this week. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest key is offensively, we saw enough promise that you know I think they're gonna be fine in the long run. Defense, that's where my largest concern was, is just being able to get off the field, especially on third down. Right. Uh, (laughs) that's all right i'm sorry uh no you're fine man you're fine uh so let's take a look at what we've got here that virginia tech coming off of a win over old dominion beat them 36 17 bit of a slow start in that one they led two nothing after the first quarter as they got the good old-fashioned safety for their first points of the season wow uh, Grant Wells, their quarterback, uh, from everything that I've seen talking to the Virginia Tech rival site and whatnot, there are a lot of their fans that were not too excited that Wells won the starting job. He was the starter most of last year. Did okay, though, this week. Had 251 yards passing, had three touchdowns, was a little mobile. He had 27 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So sounds like he is going to be a little bit of a dual threat, probably very similar to Hudson Card, how Hudson Card was for Purdue this past week. Yeah, I don't think he's as as dynamic as Hudson Card, but um, Kevin Kane said that they're going to have to be more on high alert um, for Wells than they were with Mikey Keene, which I feel like is a little interesting because Mikey Keene's kind of a smaller guy. He's, he's quicker. He can move around the pocket. But um, I think they're giving Wells his respect Um Maybe a little bit too much respect. In all honesty, I don't. He he doesn't have the track record to be a a, a game breaker or a, like a CJ Stroud or a Caden McNamara or any of those guys. He's not going to be someone like that. But um, I wanted to talk about Kyron Drones uh, for a second because um, before the year, Brent Pry um, had talked about Drones having a having some sort of role. He's um, the backup behind Wells, transfer from Baylor. Um, when he's in the game, it's going to – I mean, you you know what it is. Um, anytime a, a team brings in a, a mobile quarterback, you kind of know what's coming. It's going to be a read option, a design run, um, something along those lines. So that, that'll be another little wrinkle that the Hokies might throw in there um, that Kevin Kay and the defense will have to be wary of. Yeah, he completed one pass against uh, Old Dominion. He had three rushes for two yards, so – not a ton of stats there, but he did have 49 yards rushing and two touchdowns last year at Baylor and 219 yards and a touchdown pick uh, at Baylor as well and some very limited actions. So like you said, when he comes in, you're kind of giving it away that he may be more a running quarterback, but I don't think it is going to be a straight run kind of like Austin Burton was for most of last year for Purdue. Looks like he's going to have the green yeah, light to throw. I think there. I mean, as we talked about this a little bit before we hopped on here, Virginia Tech did not run the ball well uh, last Saturday. 
43 yeah. carries for 109 yards. It's less than three yards uh, per carry. So uh, they struggled uh, running the rock a little bit. I think they could bring in drones to kind of try to open things up, throw a different wrinkle in there if they are struggling. So um, it'll be a, it'll be a small thing, but if Purdue doesn't stand their gaps and things of that nature, he could break one off because he's a very athletic guy. Right. And I think what we saw on Saturday is Fresno State was getting it done with the passing game. They didn't get their running game going until the mm-hmm. second half. Uh, but once they did, that just made the that made it even worse for Purdue, unfortunately. What did you see from the defense, Corey, and kind of how they got to shore that up so Virginia Tech doesn't get the get running game going in the second half and we keep them one dimensional? Um, I saw a defensive line getting no push at all. So. That's one thing in the second half that changed from the first half. And it seems like either the scheme changed and Fresno State figured some things out that we were doing wrong because it completely changed in the second half, or the guys just got tired, or a combination of the two. Virginia Tech, they run the ball, and they're committed to the run. And I think that uh, if Purdue has a – a leak in their hole in a ship, they need to plug it up fast because Virginia Tech will exploit it. Exactly. And Virginia Tech's going to spread the ball around. They had nine different guys catch a pass last week. I know that is slightly skewed because obviously they were in they won by 19 points. They had probably some reserves in at the end of the game. And, and Purdue didn't have a chance to play any of its reserves, neither did Fresno State. But uh, you're looking at uh, – actually, now that I look at it, Fresno State had nine different guys catch the ball. So should be pretty similar, honestly. And uh, Keen, not quite as mobile as Grant Wells, uh, just because Wells, you know, he, he had six rushing touchdowns last year. So I think that's also going to be a key element of uh, for, for Virginia Tech is even when Drones, the backup, is in, it's not necessarily that he is just the running quarterback because Wells can run it too, right, yeah, Jace? Yeah, most definitely. And I don't, like I said a minute ago, I don't think he's like as dynamic as Hudson Card or, or you look back at like Lamar Jackson. He's not that type of runner out of the uh, from under center. Um, but he can move around in the pocket. He's he's a little bigger. He's like two fifteen, I think. Um, so we might be able to use his size, get get a few yards. Um, but he's not gonna he's not gonna be a guy that breaks off 40, 50, 60-yard runs. Um, so I don't really think Purdue has to worry about that too much. Um, it'll be more about containing him in the pocket because he can move around a little bit and throw it. Um, that's something Kevin Kane said that they struggled with in the second half uh, was keeping Mikey Keene within the pocket and, and, and not letting him get out and, and create plays with his legs a little bit. That was definitely an issue is Keene – was very good about rolling out of the pocket, waiting to find that guy open. And that he always had that extra second, I think. And that ended up, you know, that ended up hurting Purdue the most, especially on those two drives where they just kept the clock moving and kept wearing down the defense. Uh, so speaking of defense, let's take a look at the Virginia tech defense. Again, little bit skewed old dominion was a three and nine team last year but they did beat virginia tech early in the season and it looks like defense was pretty strong especially the pass defense they gave up just 94 yards passing uh grant wilson for old dominion had two touchdowns and an interception but 
their pass defense for the most part had held up. They did give up 201 yards rushing, however. So Corey looks to me like there should be some more space for Maccabee and stuff to get the running game going. Don't you agree? Yeah. And this would be a great game for Maccabee to come out and, and do his thing. Especially against a, a defense that's pretty veteran uh, loaded. And they've been out there. Right. And they've played a few games. So this would be a good game for him to, to break out and let everybody know that he's not just a freshman wonder. <laughs> well, we know he's not a freshman wonder. Uh, looks like uh, the what's interesting to me is Wilson, Grant Wilson, the Old Dominion quarterback, actually led them in rushing last week. He had 81 yards on 19 carries. Then you had Keyshawn Wicks, 73 yards on 14 carries. They gave up nearly five yards a carry, and that is pretty significant. Don't you guys agree? Yes. And mostly because, I mean, down in that late third third quarter, early fourth quarter, I mean, Old Dominion is probably trying to throw it to get back in the game. So it's not like they were running the whole game. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they, they were able to do it early and often. Um, one thing that when I was looking at looking back at uh, Saturday's game for Purdue, um, it was a 50-50 split between run and pass, which I thought was very interesting. I know Graham Harrell, when he was at UFC or U- USC, excuse me, um, he, I mean, he was in the high 60s passing the ball. He was up there with Brom, and he was he was a little below um, the Pirate down there at, um, at Mississippi State, Mike Leach, but um, – he was consistently throwing the ball 60, 60 plus percent of the time. And, and then last year he kind of took a step back and it was around 50 and that's what it was for Purdue. So he's shown, he's shown the willingness to give the run game a try a little bit. Um, obviously it, it, it ended up working out a little bit for Purdue last or last game. Uh, Maccabee had a really successful second half. So um, I'm looking for Maccabee to get his touches early and often. Yeah, because he only had five touches there in the first half. I think part of uh, part of it was he fumbled that first mm-hmm. carry, remember? Yeah. How much does that affect you, Corey, when you drop that first one on the turf for the rest of the game? Is that kind of in your head the rest of the day or what? Oh, man, yeah, it is. And I could uh, let's go back to a little story. When we first played uh, oh. Notre Dame at home, I, I feel like we lost the game because I fumbled the ball on the goal line. Or I jumped out of the – no, because I jumped out of bounds on the goal line instead of scoring. And then the very next play, Gerard Voy fumbles the ball. And his game just totally just went off, went crazy after that. Like, he just didn't play the same the rest of that night. (laughs) Oh, man. I think I remember that now. That was that first night under uh, under the lights. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Yeah, I do remember that game now. Yeah, that was – that was the one I think that uh, Purdue had started the year what tenth or something. Yeah, and just, then lost at Minnesota, and then lost to, and then just got blasted by Notre Dame at home. Right, and it all started with it. Was, I had like a forty-five yard run, and instead of me trying to run the guy over, I tried to jump to make it look pretty. <laughs> 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 and the dude knocked me out of bounds in the very next play. Drive boy fumbles. I was so pissed off at myself then. And like, man, if I had just scored, it'd be a totally different game. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it sounds like we need to get you on the horn with with Maka Baby. Like, look it, man, just forget about it. Get there, just do your thing, right? Oh man, yeah. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and see if I can uh, talk to him before the game when I go up there, uh, Ohio State, because I know it's gonna be crazy. But uh, I'm gonna see if I can get in and talk to the team, do all of that stuff. That's great. I love that, man. I love that. Uh, finally, with uh, Virginia Tech, you have to talk special teams. This is not your typical Virginia Tech special teams uh, strength team, is it, Jace? I don't know too much about special teams. I might have to pass a baton to you off on this one. <laughs> no, I'm not the most happy <laughs> when it comes to special teams, in all honesty. Because because you have to I think, mean, when, I was, when I was little was when Beamer was there, and special teams was a really big thing at Virginia Tech. When I'm eight, nine, ten years old, I don't give a damn about the kickers and punters. You know, I'm watching the quarterbacks <laughs> and running backs and receivers and everything. Yeah, but it wasn't just the, the, the punters and kickers. They they had like they used to block a lot of punts. Oh yeah. And, and that was, that's what they were they for. return a lot of punts and like, if they ain't block it, they had a hell of a return set up and usually went to the house. Okay, yeah, they and looks like it's still there. Uh, Tucker Holloway had a 66-yard punt return last week for them. Seen that? Did not. Uh, yeah, did not take it to the house, but big return. Uh, looks like Jalen Lane is handling both punts and kickoffs. They were two for two on field goals. There was a long at 27, and you still have Purdue. Purdue doesn't have a kicker that has actually made a kick, a field goal in a game. I know Ben Freehill was five for five on extra points. He missed his only place kick this past week, uh, the only field goal, and it ended up being pretty big, didn't it, Jason? Yeah, I know you've, you and I have talked about it, how um, that, that would have put Purdue up 14 last week, and it might have been a different ball game. Um, you're obviously not saying that Purdue would have won if he had made that kick, but um, it would have gone a long way. And I, I mean, the staff was high on Freehill. They gave him a, a scholarship. He won the job for a reason. They didn't bring any other kickers in from the portal for a reason. Um, so I think they're still comfortable with him, and, and he's not going to get pulled after one missed kick. You know, you got right. Yeah, you got to give him a chance. Um, hopefully, he comes out and, and kind of. Hopefully, maybe he gets a forty-five yarder this week and knocks it through and kind of redeems himself and, and gets a boost of confidence. Absolutely. Uh, how are things looking on the injury front this week, especially with Kaltenberger, Hartwig, and uh, Salim Turner-Muhammad? It seems like Turner-Muhammad is the one that guy, the guy that could get the biggest look uh, once he gets mm-hmm. back. So when it comes to Garrett Miller and Gus Hartwig, I don't think either one of those guys is returns is imminent. Um, I still think they could be a week or two away just because – I think Purdue is going to try to keep it, take it slow with them. And you don't want to rush those guys back. Um, Josh Kaltenberger, Ryan Walters said that he could, he could be available if everything goes to plan with his rehab. Um, So I think he'll probably be questionable heading into the game. I, I don't have a real good feel on if he'll actually play, um, but I do think he'll be dressed. Um, And then as you mentioned, Salim Turner, Muhammad, that would be a, a big guy for Purdue to get back. Um, we still haven't seen him on the field. Uh, he came in at the end of summer um, and has been sidelined the whole time with a ham- with a lingering hamstring issue, and he had it before he got there. Um, oh, lingering hamstring so issues never help. one of those soft tissue things that 
Um, is, it might linger on for the whole season. We don't know. Uh, like, if he if he don't rest it, it will linger the entire season, especially a hamstring. That's that's something that just hangs around and hangs around. And one day he might feel good, and he'll try and overexert himself, and that'll be the wrong thing to do, and then they just re-damage it. And I think that might be one of the reasons why he still hasn't hit the practice field yet. They're just trying to keep take it slow with him and, and make sure he's fully healthy before he gets back. Um, I think it was pretty remarkable that Purdue got out of the season opener without an injury. You saw Austin. You saw Austin Johnson go <laughs> down, um, and then he came back. You saw Dylan Thieneman go down after that big hit. I thought he had, like, my mind immediately went worst case scenario. I thought he like broke his collarbone or something, but then he was back in, laying dudes out and getting picked. So um, Purdue got out of there fairly fairly healthy. He was. Basically the same injury report as last week, with the exception of Colton Berger, uh, likely being in in uniform. Uh, getting Colton Berger would be big. It seems like he could really help open some things up, especially in the interior offensive line, because there was nothing there last week. Yeah, and I mean you saw that in the first half. They had, I want to say, like one yard per attempt, maybe. It was. It was yeah, it was rough. It was then, crazy. Um, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, they got it going in the second half. But you're still going to have to improve when you get in those short yardage scenarios because Virginia Tech's defensive line is going to be as good, if not better, than Fresno State's. Uh, they're they're a power five school. Uh, they got dudes over there, and Purdue's going to have to come in and, and be improved in that area. Uh, Virginia Tech does have a guy suspended for targeting. He's going to miss the first half of the game. But when I asked uh, when I asked the guys at the Virginia Tech rivals, they said, "Yeah, it's probably not a huge loss, but uh, it is something to consider." Phil Darius Payne, he got a targeting call last week against Old Dominion in the second half, so he will be sitting out the first half. Yeah, I still don't understand that targeting stuff. I don't. I don't think anybody does, <laughs> to be honest with you. I like that they at least review it now and they try to make sure uh, for the call, but the one, the automatic one game suspension and, and if it occurs in the second half, you're suspended the entire next game. If it occurs in the first half, you sit the second half of that game and the first half of the next game. It's just weird, especially when you got a guy that has to sit for a half and they can come running out of the tunnel, like the ultimate warrior. I I, I, I get (laughs) All right, if you want to take the guy out of the game for targeting, all right, cool. But why the hell does it have to affect the next game? If it's, if if it's not something he, he hasn't done over and over again, if it's the first time they're done during the season, he shouldn't be punished the next game. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So with this being the first road game, kind of what's the attitude? How different are things? getting ready to travel, getting set up, Corey, just to go on the road. It's, you're not at home. It's a completely different way to get ready for a game, I assume. Honestly, I kind of like away games better because you didn't have to deal with the, the noise of the home games. And what I'm talking about is you probably have family or friends coming to the game, so you're running around trying to make sure everybody got tickets. If you got a girlfriend that's on campus, you're trying to make sure that she's set up in all of that nonsense. And <laughs> just, just the extra little stuff that comes with home games. I, I kind of always like hate it, but 
So for me, it was more peaceful getting on the road, getting to the hotel, and just sitting there and relaxing, watching film if I had my iPad, not my iPad, my uh, iPod back then, or uh, looking over plays and just relaxing and just thinking about the game. So I find it more peaceful, more enjoyable experience, and I got to focus more as far as an away game opposed to a home. Yeah, it was probably a lot more fun riding back, too. Uh, a nice, relaxing trip back if you win that game. Oh, yeah, too. definitely. If you won, oh, man. And then if you had a good game, yeah, that ride back is, uh, if you're not too tired, you're up celebrating, talking to everybody, texting everybody. It's <laughs> 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 so nowadays, people checking your Instagram, seeing if you got any NAIL deals, offers, or something going on. <laughs> <laughs> I could only imagine what NIL you would have gotten. Oh back then. man, <laughs> I, I, t- I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day. I was like, "Man, I'm jealous of these little kids." He was like, "What you mean?" It's like they getting all the love and all this extra, the money and the, the shoot deals and the, the jerseys are crazy. The helmets are all metallic and chrome. Like <laughs> we ain't have none of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said you got up here last year and you were like, man, the locker room is different. Man, for real. The whole they got hot tubs and stuff in the locker room, cushions on the seat. Like we had carpet on our on our on our seats. <laughs> <laughs> they should have asked you if you wanted to get your locker for when they took out the old ones. Uh, uh, no, I switched up. I switched we switched lockers every year pretty much. So I was bouncing all around the locker room, so it would have been a couple of lockers. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I think we can start to wrap this up tonight. Uh, Corey, what is your prediction for Saturday then? Um, if, if we get McAvee rolling early, I feel like in the ground game, especially me being a running back, getting that established early can open up everything. So get McAvee rolling early when he can get get the passing game, the run pass off of that, and you already know I'm rolling with the, the way team. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to see Purdue continue to try and play with the lead. I know they had the lead for a good portion of Saturday's game, but there was only a really small stretch where they had a double-digit lead. And it would be nice to be able to play and get a couple stops with that double-digit lead and build on it. Uh what are you? What are your kind of final thoughts, Jace? Before we sign off tonight, I'm kind of rolling with Corey here. I think Maccabee get 150 in a score. Oh, 150! I think that'd be a career yeah, high for be. him. I can't remember his. That'd be, his a, that'd be a great day on the road. <laughs> yeah, high absolutely. Head, I think Maccabee goes for 150 in a score. Um, Hudson Card has a fairly similar game, a little more consistent, and Purdue wins by. Double digits. Oh, double digit road win. And I, what I would love to see is it would be fun to see them go out and do to Virginia Tech what they did to Missouri a few years ago. I don't know how much you remember that game where they, they rolled up on them 21 nothing in the first three drives and just took the crowd completely out of it. And I think that's something that would be very beneficial is get up an early score or two and take the crowd out of it. Because I – I agree with you. I think Fresno State is a bit better than Virginia Tech, but uh, it's still a Power 5 team playing at home, very proud program, and one that you cannot take for granted. So it'd be nice to just 
get get this one in the books. Oh, I also wanted to say I'm super excited to watch Inner Sandman in person. That entrance is going to be insane. What's that? <laughs> oh, uh, Virginia play, plays Metallica's Inner Sandman oh. as they come out, and the entire stu- st- stadium starts jumping up and down. And see, I was the batting practice pitcher this year and the uh, coach pitch pitcher for my son's baseball team. So I played Inner Sandman every time I went out, like I was Mariano Rivera. <laughs> and <laughs> when you when you strike out a nine year old man, no, I'm kidding. No mercy. <laughs> I'll see. The thing is, with coach pitch, it's my job to lob it in there to get him to hit it. So, <laughs> hey, but not all athletes are made the same. <laughs> oh, if I'm pitching my, if I'm pitching my own son, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give him the high heat inside. So. <laughs> all righty. So, with that in mind, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, Purdue, Virginia Tech at noon on Saturday. ESPN2, correct, Jace? I believe so. I, I know we're on a different network each of the first five it's games now. I can't keep these. Oh, man, it's weird. Uh, but, yeah, noon on Saturday, ESPN2 should be an interesting one. Uh, would love to see Purdue get on the board here. I think it's a big game, and Purdue gets it. You can – you can at least consider a bowl game this season, even though it's still early. So for Corey and for Jace, I am Travis Miller of Boiler Upload. We thank you for listening. We thank you to Reindeer Shuttle, our sponsor. We thank you to Homefield Apparel. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Put in the code Boiler Upload. Get, I believe it's 10% off your first order. And even if it's not your first order, go ahead and put that in so we get a few coins. We appreciate it. <laughs> and... <laughs> So, with that in mind, we thank you for listening and we're up. BTFU, like always.